0: What if the way you've been telling your life story reveals the secret to what is holding you back? Stories play an integral part in how we see not only ourselves, but the whole world. Stories are more than just an important part of communication. They also reveal hidden aspects of our inner talk, which can either support us or end up holding us back from the very things we want most in life without us even realizing it. Join author, mindset coach, and award-winning singer-songwriter Carrie Rowan on her show, Look for the Good, every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. when she shares nuggets of wisdom from her internationally best-selling book, Tell a New Story. Five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. Carrie's powerful stories and compelling guests will empower you to change how you look at your own life while giving you some powerful tools and tips you can use every day to help you feel better and move yourself closer to the life you've been longing to live.
1: Hello and welcome to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, mindset strategist and life coach. And I love sharing nuggets of wisdom about the stories we tell each other. Some of the ones that we don't even realize we're telling. Um, and more importantly, the stories we tell ourselves. Join me and my special guests every week as we share our personal stories of strength and triumph every week on Dream Vision 7 radio. You can listen online on your mobile device, in your car, or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 radio and tune in every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. to get real stories and tips on how to turn your story and your life around. And join us as we transform the world with universal love. Thank you, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Look for the Good. Super excited to introduce my special guest, Sapna, to you. Hi, Sapna.
2: Hi, Keri. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um, I love the work that Sapna does. And we are together on a mastermind. We both belong to this mastermind. And that's how we met each other. And it's super powerful way to connect with people and learn more about your business, how to run your business. And I just really loved, um, I loved everything that Sapna had to say. Her wisdom is really great. And she is, I'll read you a little bit about her bio, and then we're gonna have her tell us a little bit about herself. She's a parenting success coach and a speaker. And she's motivated to understand the roots of human suffering. I love that. Sapna now helps parents develop the skills and tools to get teen children to listen mm -hmm, without power struggles so they can connect and spend more time laughing with them instead of stressing about them. She's trained in NLP, psychology, wisdom teaching, and mindfulness. She helps parents and caregivers around the globe to connect before they correct. And Sapna is also the author of her book. I love this title. Yelling to Zenning. In this book, Sapna will show you how to access the tools to turn inward, reflect, learn, communication skills, break patterns, and use easy tools to create change that will catapult your connection with your children and those around you. Welcome, Sapna, again. So happy to have you here. Love talking about the parenting story.
2: The (laughs) stories are always great. (laughs) <laughs> okay. We all have these stories, especially the parenting ones are so important because you are bringing forth these children who are going to go into this world and they are going to carry the stories forward. So it's so important to check those st- stories you're carrying as a parent.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I love what you're saying. And, you know, a lot of times, like I, I talk to, um, my listeners about the fact that we don't even realize these little stories, the little quiet ones that play over and over in our heads that really keep us stuck, right? They keep us from growing in a lot of ways. We don't even realize they're playing in there. And so I love applying that to parenting. Cause like you said, there's a lot that goes on in parenting and it tends to bring up all of our own triggers, um, of, from childhood, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. And parenting is one relation, one role that we play, but this suddenly becomes so important. You see any other role, be it our spouse or a boss or a neighbor, we somehow bring in our control strategies. We think before we say something, oh, will this hurt this person? or should I say this, or we have a little bit, we use our control. But with children, somehow we end up unleashing because this relationship brings forth all that, all that we thought we were or thought we aren't and somehow puts us in a pedestal. Like I know better, this is this young child I'm raising, you should listen to me. So it is whatever we had with other other relationship, parenting makes it 10 times harder. Because now you have to do this right because you're bringing forth this child into the world who's so dependent on us.
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's so true because, and like I said before, I think a lot of it is unconscious, right? So those unconscious triggers, if we haven't done that inner work, but even if we have done that inner work, children can bring that up in us like like nobody else can, like you're saying, right? They trigger those parts of us and they remind us when we were a kid. And there's so many stories playing out. We want them to be this. We don't want them to be this. We want to be this. We want to see ourselves. We want to be successful. So all these things are playing in the background of our minds. Um And that's why I really, really love the work that you do, because I've studied a lot of parenting stuff, having two, um one 20-year-old and a 22-year-old. So I've been through a lot. <laughs> so, um yeah. So I love – what would you say for you? Like, what was the biggest thing? What was your story – that caused you to get into this work? Because a lot of times it's usually an aha moment in our own personal life that causes us to do this work.
2: A bunch of stuff. First of all, when I was pregnant with my son, who's 16 now, I was told that I would know how to parent my child. And when I gave birth to him, I realized I didn't know because I was you know, pulling those books, I was trying to figure out why am I feeling so stressed out, I was tired, my son was not sleeping, I was not eating healthy, because I was so focused on him. And all the stress and baggage, I was not a happy mom. And I was told, Oh, you're going to enjoy your child, you're going to love parenting. My experience didn't match all of that. But that made me feel like something was wrong with me, because my world was not matching what I was told Mm -hmm. so it somehow felt like something is wrong with me and my child is just being a child so I thought maybe something is wrong with him or maybe something is wrong with me because I'm not I don't know how to parent and Mm -hmm. I had to figure this out and that's what led me to this journey of trying to figure out what is that I'm doing wrong or what is that I need to do right because I wanted to get this one thing, right? Maybe others, maybe my um, work schedule or my other relationships. I don't know what happened there, but with my parenting, I wanted to do this right. Mm. It became a very important role for me. That's why this quest started. This quest had just begun because I started reading books as to what was happening within me, what was happening with my child, trying to understand this. But Every book told me the how to do, but none of the books told me how to be in. Mm-hmm. They gave yeah. me one, two, three things to do, but how to do with what was my state of being, none of the book spoke about that. That's when I stumbled upon the conscious parenting model created by Dr. Shifali, where she talks about the being. And that was game changing to carry for me. Mm-hmm. Because once I started focusing on the being, the doing just flowed. Mm. I didn't have to think about, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Am I carrying him the light way? Because once I started focusing on my being, the doing became that much easier. And that's how my journey started. And I wanted to bring forth this to other young parents. I brought in all my experiments the do's and the don'ts and I put it in one place one package for parents to reach out and find it much more easier rather than going on this quest Mm -hmm. that I had been to now they have everything in one place and most importantly I teach them to tap into their own innate knowing rather than looking outward because each mother is different each child is different there is no cookie cutter model for parenting I love that starts by knowing yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. First of all, I love Dr. Shafali, and I have one of her books on audio. I I love her. I love her, her take on things. She's super insightful. She mixes a lot of spirituality with great psychology. I love her. So that's really um, inspirational there. And I love helping parents tap into their inner knowing what you said is so important. And that's why our work so aligns with each other, right? Because that's really what I help people do is to understand themselves first, because that's where the first and most important relationship is between you and you right you and your higher self whatever you want to call it Um, and getting that right everything else kind of falls into place and so that's really beautiful that um you can share your personal experience with other parents i love that
2: this is the whole journey here because when we were born we all were born with that knowing that innate knowing we didn't have to earn it but somehow somehow during our growing up stages through our environment we kind of discarded that knowing and we created these false ways of being these coping mechanisms that we created which is not serving us as you know once we grow up it helped us of course it helped us when we were little it helped us survive but the problem is we're still carrying those coping mechanism into our mm-hmm. adulthood, which is disrupting our relationship with ourselves and with others. You know, it's like um, one, I heard one of the wisdom teachers say, it's like a jacket that you're worn during winter and you're still wearing the same jacket during the summer when the seasons have passed. It's going to suffocate. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's about shedding those egoic agendas, the roles that we have taken on in the conscious parenting, and to really connect with ourselves so we can connect with our children and set them free to be their authentic selves. Mm. That's what my work does with the parents who work with me.
1: I think that's super powerful, right? Because we do. Um, Society sort of rings that out of us, our creativity, all those things that we innately knew as a kid. Like I help my clients... The first thing I do is say, let's go back to when you're a kid. What did you do innately? Like when people lose their sense of purpose or passion and you go back to what you did as a kid, because we had that inside of us and then society just kind of sort of rings it out of us. So, you know, bringing that back out of somebody also gives them a real sense of um peace and freedom, but also control that they can control the only thing they ever could, which is what goes on in here, Um, you know, and right? And stepping that, bringing that, once you can clean up all that stuff inside yourself, then all your relationships get better, right? Especially the ones, you know, with our children. I think when you honor that in yourself too, then you are more apt to honor that in somebody else. So if I'm honoring my intuitive ability, um, you mentioned, you know, earlier when we were chatting about, you know, sort of the ranking, like the parents here and the child's here, but when we can honor our own intuitive ability we can then honor that in our own children because they come with their own set of instructions too would you agree with that
2: oh that is so true so we have bought into this notion or a myth that our children are extension of us somehow they it's like our they are uh, how do we feel about our limb or our, our legs Children, it's a very subconscious thing. It becomes like as if they're an extension of us. So anything they do, we take it as a reflection of our parenting. Unknown to what we are going through when children are just being themselves and we are getting all anxious and trying to control them. They don't have the language or the skills to say, oh, my mom is, or my dad or my caretaker is going through something. They don't mean to. They mean well no a child cannot do that it's nearly impossible they internalize whatever um, expectation or judgment that you're placing on them and now they start taking that forward so that's why this relationship becomes so important to check those expectation and own up our sovereign being our own authenticity when we do that Suddenly now, our children are, are another whole human being. we are not looking at them as our extension like for example, Carrie, let me give you uh, a story when my child was maybe three or four he hated big spaces big spaces are scary for some children, and I was not aware of this so if I took him to Costco or a big supermarket, he would have loud tantrums and instead of me focusing and trying to figure out why my child is having big tantrums I was so worried that other parents are going to judge me because I'm not able to control my child because that's going to be a reflection on my parenting mm-hmm. if my parenting is bad maybe I don't know how to parent and if I don't know how to parent maybe I'm not good enough mom and if I'm not a good enough mom maybe I'm not a good And a human being, you see how soon it, yes, Yes, the stories. Yeah. (laughs) The child is just having, you know, a hard time. And before you know it, it's all about you, of you being a good person or not. And it's like in a flash and we don't even know this, this is happening. And when this is happening, what do I do with my child? I try to control his reaction. So I don't feel all this anxiety. That
1: is so True and super insightful because it's our own expectations because we do that. We think we don't want to be the bad parent. You know, we see another person in this grocery store whose kids have in a tandem. We're like, Oh, you know, it's so easy to be like that. But the truth is just what you said when you can get in there and understand that. Cause I had a daughter that was the same way and she was, she would always come to me at a store and say, hold me, mama, hold me. You know, and I come to understand that it was a sensory thing. It was too much for her. It was just overwhelming, you know, and then good meaning other people around us want to give us their advice like the grandmother you know my mother his mother whoever and that only serves to sometimes confuse us because then again we're pushing away our own instinct i knew to pick her up when she said hold me mama you know i said no something's up with her i might not understand what it is but i know that this is too much for her instead of being like no you can stand on your own or whatever you know so being careful, like you said, of, of those outside influences on us and our internal influences, our ego talking to us saying, Oh, you must be doing a horrible job. What a horrible parent you must be. Right. Those are the stories that we're telling ourselves that are really, really, really getting on our way of being our best self.
2: Oh, that is so true. This egoic thing is so, it's, I don't know of any parent, any pair, any, any human being even who is void of this ego the parental ego that they have and it is actually stemming from our inner child the inner child needs that were not met when we were growing up so we cover up by these egoic forms the egoic coping systems and that's what we do in my coaching when clients or parents come to me we slowly strip away gently you know that's where we are different because we give the support while the parent is going through this journey where they are looking at their patterns they're looking at their reactivity and gently they're stripping away this egoic system and it's kind of and you know hard for them because they've known this all their life and they don't know anything new yet so we guide them through this journey where they're stripping away these layers of ego system while they recover that true authentic self that they discarded in their childhood so when they show up authentic oh my gosh now your child can sense it. They mm-hmm. feel better. They feel free. And this is what the, all this work is all about.
1: That is really powerful getting in there because, you know, when they're young, like you said earlier, you know, those first seven years, that's when they're, we're putting all those limiting beliefs in our head. We don't realize it. They're coming in from other places, well-meaning people, teachers, whatever, but that's where they all get placed. And then we have to deal with it when we're adults. Why not make it easier? clear up our own stuff, right? And then approach our child from our true authentic self so that we're not inadvertently planting those limited beliefs in their head because they do, they believe what we say about them.
2: Oh, that is so true. This We are so gullible. If somebody says something, a simple thing, you know, uh, when you go to a store to buy clothes, when we put on the clothes, I was disconnected with my me, myself for so long, I could not tell if this dress looked good on me or not. How I felt in this dress. Mm-hmm. I had to have three people tell me, Oh, this dress looks good on you or this, you need to get a better fit. No, I was like looking for answers. But as you do this work, this is just a small example, but as you do the work, you will know if this dress fits you well. Do you like yourself in this dress? Irrespective of what other people are telling you, are, you will be able to tap into your own that innate connection with yourself where you know, yeah, this, this feels good.
1: Mm, I love that. That's really good. And we need that with parenting because listening to all the outside, it's confusing. You can get five different books that say five different things. And like, I love that you're directing parents back to themselves, back to the fact that they have all the best answers. It it reminds me of this analogy, and then we're going to break real quick. But like the breast milk, right? The body knows to make the specific chemical formula for that particular kid. And it will vary, which studies have been done, which I find that. And it's the same thing with our parenting. Each kid needs a different formula from us. And to be able to tap in and understand what that is, I think makes everybody's life better and more beautiful relationships are established.
2: That's so true. So when you know your child, you know what they need. Like For example, we we teach this in our uh, coaching that there are two wings of an eagle. One is the boundary setting and another is the connection. So when you know your child, you know, maybe my child needs a boundary at this time. Again, conscious parenting is not. uh, People think it's about enabling your child. No, it's about drawing boundaries, empowered boundaries. And you know this through the work, whether my child needs a skill building, maybe my child needs a little bit more support in learning certain skills. Maybe my child needs a boundary that I need to hold constantly because they're kind of testing that boundary. Or they just need connection. They just need a hug. So these are so many things. There's so many choices that you can make. Once you know your child, suddenly it opens up. It's not one fit all. You don't have to say, okay, I just drew a boundary. And I'm going to be controlling about that boundary. Or be wishy-washy about this boundary. Oh, my child is today being a little bit pushy. So I'm going to give in. You know yourself. So you know your child. Now you can hold the boundary if they need to no matter how hard they're pushing because you know clearly this is for my child's well-being or they maybe just they're having a bad day and need a hug you would know that
1: i you love know? that mm-hmm. yeah so so powerful you're equipping parents with what they need to have the best relationship absolutely possible it's a lot of stuff that i wish i knew all those years ago when my kids were really really small so don't go anywhere everybody i know you're holding on to every one of sapna's words here we'll be going to break for a real quick message from a sponsor we'll be right back
3: Workers' Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Workers' Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good the workers' way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs
4: and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to carryroan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today ever notice
0: how your brain automatically focuses on what's wrong in your life ever wonder why you find yourself telling the same old story about yourself over and over again tune into this high energy show with author and mindset coach carrie rowan to find out how to retrain your brain to look for the good every monday at 5 a.m and 5 p.m eastern on syndicated dream vision 7 radio network carrie uses powerful storytelling easy to use tools and inspiring guests to exemplify how a simple shift in perspective can bring miraculous results join carrie on a journey into your own transformation that will leave you feeling inspired empowered and ready to find the good every day of your
5: life are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life in her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice, and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life? Then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to CarrieRowan.com slash book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced
6: life and want an easy way to help you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm here with Sapna, and we are having a great discussion. She is a parenting success coach. And I love where you were going, talking about these limited beliefs that not only our kids have, but we have about ourselves as well that really get set in our subconscious at a really young age, like seven years old, which is what I bring up with my clients. Like, do you really want to keep carrying around that story you created when you were like seven or something that some well-meaning person might have planted in there by mistake. Tell us a little bit, how do you explain to parents the difference between what's going on in their subconscious mind versus their conscious mind?
2: Yeah, I would I have clients come up to me and they ask, tell me, whatever you're telling us, oh, it seems so natural. It seems so true and wonderful, but I'm not able to follow through the steps that you give us. They tell me, you you tell us not to yell. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But in the moment, I'm unable to be calm. Can you give us, can you help us? And I explain this to them and the work you have to do it. But this is the reason for that because something has been triggered in you. There is a wound that's been there wanting you to look into it. That's why it's so unconscious and we are not able to control it because consciously we know yelling is not helpful. It's creating a rift. We know this consciously, but what's happening subconsciously is our inner child is showing all the ways it needs help. For example, uh, my son is 16 now and he'll say, when I, when he asks me something for the 10th time, you know, I start raising my voice or started, I start yelling at him and he says, why are you yelling? You can say the same thing in a calmer voice. When he said that, I was started wondering, yeah, even if he asked me like the nth time, I can say the same thing in a calmer voice. Why is my voice raising? So when I started inspecting that, there was a trigger there. What's, what do I mean by trigger or oh, some? There was a wound there. Oh, I had a need. When I, again, started unraveling, there was a need. There was a need to be heard. I felt not heard there. I felt frustrated because I felt I was not being heard. Now, this is what we do in our coaching is we teach parents to first parent themselves to become conscious of those subconscious beliefs and parent ourselves. Raising that inner child into a whole being By mothering ourselves. So now you can mother the parent, the child in front of you. And it's so once we become aware, like, oh, something is triggered in me. Something is showing up in me. This is an unconscious thing because before it's like so fast. It's the fraction of a second you're already yelling. Mm-hmm. But now we bring the subconscious in line with the conscious. Now, conscious and subconscious, both are in alignment. Both want the same thing. It's not like you want to yell and your subconscious, and you don't want to yell and your subconscious wants to yell. No, no, both are in alignment. Both of them don't want to yell. Both have the tools and you can access your subconscious with so much more empowerment now.
1: I love that. That is so powerful because that's the key for everything. You know, as you were talking, um, and the whole parenting yourself is really, really a huge issue because it is, you're, you're just addressing those inner child wounds because we all have them and parenting will bring up all the stuff from forever and so will your most intimate relationship, right? It brings up all of our gunk. And that's why I think people are afraid of it. People don't like it. That's why there's the divorce rate there is, right? Because we haven't found a way to address that in a healthy way. And I think it's even easier for kids, for people to do it for their children on their behalf. They want to. Um, and when you turn it around and say, hey, wait a second, let's look at your inner child, I just love that because it really switches the focus, which is usually on the kid and what am I doing wrong and what am I not doing, right? It's all about doing, but I love what you're saying. It's about being, it's about spending time. It's it's very similar to what the first thing I tell my clients to do is to catch themselves. You got to catch yourself in the moment and have that, as we say, metacognition to be aware, oh, wow, they said that and I reacted like that. What was I thinking to myself, right? Those are the most important stories. I know when a client has one of those stories, it's going to be a big aha moment, right? Because wait a second, every time they say this or do this, oh, I remember my mom used to do that. So you're sort of like connecting the dots backwards, right?
2: Yeah. It's like peeling an onion, you know, each one you see why, why do you react that way? Oh, there's a belief that I haven't been heard. I haven't been heard. Maybe something is wrong with what I'm saying. You know, all such stories, each one you're, peeling and you're going to the core of it where you are there is always a fear there as you peel that onion this once you address that fear it's just trying to protect you all you need to do is address that fear and say you're okay it vanishes like that
1: that's amazing
2: attention that's all that's all it's asking hey i'm here look at me that's all it needs
1: (laughs) it's so true and yet People are afraid of the fear, right? Like, it's just like, oh, I don't want to go there. Let's just push it down or let's get busy or whatever we do. You know, everybody has their own little flavor of that. Um, But yeah, it's the brain, you know, it's the brain just trying to keep us safe. And when you can address that and be aware of it and say, I hear your brain, but we're okay. I got this. Then the inner child quiets down. They don't need to have the temper tantrum in there to get our attention Because we're addressing it, we're acknowledging it. And I love what you said. It does, it just dissipates because you've addressed it. And you've never addressed it before, right?
2: Yeah. So this is so interesting, Carrie, that our brains are... literally millions of years old in evolution wise and we're still using the primitive part of the brain the fear part when we were cavemen and women we needed that fear because we needed to protect ourselves from whatever showed up in the wild you know a saber-toothed tiger or something would show up and we needed the fear so we could have everything we need like we had to run our hands would get sweaty we needed to have those heightened Um, senses so we could be safe but the problem is we're still using the same same method to be safe so this is where the mindfulness comes in where we develop the cognitive function of the brain the prefrontal lobe of the brain where we can access that and that can tell us oh is this a rational fear or an irrational fear oh Mm -hmm. I'm getting upset because my child didn't do the homework Because I'm not feeling safe in the environment, because I might feel judged, that means I'll be isolated. You see how we go back to those primitive ways of thinking, rather than saying to ourselves, oh, my child didn't do the homework, maybe they need help from me. Simple as that. You just shift from irrational fears to rationalizing why this is showing up. And that is developed through this work and through mindfulness, where we develop the prefrontal cortex. I rational. love that.
1: Yeah, the rational thinking. And, you know, we haven't had a software. We need a software upgrade. We haven't had a software. We want to upgrade everything in our worlds, but, you know, we don't realize that we can spend the time to upgrade our brains. Just like you're saying, we can rewire that stuff in there. So we don't react like that. And we take that moment. One of the things I love teaching people to do. I'm sure you do too, is meditate because that gives them some space, right? It gives you, it creates this sort of wave of calm that you can call on in those moments that you need it so that you have that split second to, instead of the knee-jerk reaction, you can move to something new. You can choose a new response. And that's the power of practicing mindfulness.
2: Oh, that's, that's a great tool. Meditation is such a great tool. Like I tell my parents, the way I explain it is when you meditate, you suddenly know the difference between yourself and your ego. This ego is something we are so unaware of. It is like oh we we carry it like our second skin. Like our maybe our clothing. Like we don't know the difference between our skin and the clothing. It becomes one us and our ego and we start identifying with all the false ways of being the 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 jobs we have or the money we have the number of friends we have our looks our body the car the money we start identifying with all these egoic forms as if this is us and once this gets stripped away suddenly we are lost like we hit the rock bottom because we feel we have lost a sense of self and meditation Mm -hmm. teaches us the difference between our true self and the egoic form that Second skin that we have adapted, and you know the difference now. So, we don't identify with that so much, and you feel okay in your own skin. Yeah, That's it's what it's, it trains you to do.
1: It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it sounds so simple, a lot of the practices, and they are simple because look at nature. Nature is simple. Nature always functions in a very simple way. And we forget that we try to complicate things, we try to overthink things, but you can't really think about it. You can't solve it in your brain. You have to bring it down to your body. And that's what mindfulness does, whether it's a gratitude walk or meditation, right? We're bringing the change down into our body, which is really where the change happens and where we can realize that we have a choice. We really do. We have a choice. We can either be run by that reptilian brain or we can say, hey, you know, this is not working for me. I'm going to make I'm going to make a new choice here. And I love that you're giving parents their power back really is what you're doing.
2: Oh, yeah. Once you have your power back, you actually have choices. There are millions of choices that you can do with whatever is showing up in the present moment. For that, we have to train ourselves to be in the present moment. Normally, we are in the past or in the future. The
1: future, right? Yeah. The past is depression. The future is anxiety.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's so hard for us to be in the present moment, and mindfulness trains us to be in the present moment and focus on what's going on in front of you so we can move forward Rather than think about, imagine about what's going to happen in the future. So those are two different things.
1: Yeah. I love that worry. We're always worried about what's going to happen, especially as parents That's where the worry comes from, the gray hair. We're worried about what's going to happen in the future instead of spending that moment. I call it PMA, present moment awareness, not to be confused with PMS. Um, and so, <laughs> so it's, it's bringing ourselves into that, right? That present moment awareness. And, and how do we do that? Um, Give us a couple little tips that people um, or some suggestions that they could do to bring themselves into that present moment awareness when they need it the most.
2: Breaths are a great tool. Your breath is magical. It's always with you. It is something that you can control. It is always there. It's abundant. Coming back to your breath and practicing this outside of the moment, if there is something that triggers you or brings up stuff in you. How about practicing outside of the moment? So you have everything ready for that moment. Like you are studying for an exam. So you have everything ready for the exam. And you, you ace it. It's the same way. You prepare for it outside of whatever is been causing the disruption between you and your child. Like for me, I like to be on time. And my child used to dilly-dally. And that used to bring up all my stuff up. So I had to practice this this moment outside of getting into him to school or getting him to his class I took practice so in the moment I was ready I had his clothes ready sometimes he needed to go to bed early I needed to wake him up early maybe sometimes he just needed a pep talk I was ready because I was able to control my state so I had so many choices so work, working on your breaths outside of the moment preparing and having a checklist maybe if you need mm-hmm. to in your wallet or on the fridge okay these are the moments that trigger me and this is what I'm going to do you know, having that, mm-hmm. that is really, really helpful. And I'll tell you another trigger point was when my child used to bring his lunchbox half eaten. Oh my God, it used <laughs> to bring up all this stuff in me because I used to put so much effort in packing his lunch
6: mm-hmm. because
2: backstory was again, my mom was a working mom who I she used to be tired and she would do the best she could. And I would walk into the school where my friends were bringing all these handcrafted lunches from their parents. So in my mind, Instead of looking at what my child wanted, I thought he wanted handcrafted lasagna and a chef curated <laughs> meals and I would spend so much time and if he brought half-eaten, I a mean, half-eaten lunchbox, I would get all mad. Mm-hmm. So I had to check that because it will lead to two things. Either he will stop lying or I might be creating some kind of eating disorder in him. So I had to check those yelling points and And actually see my child, my child just wanted a sandwich and wanted to chit chat with his friends. He didn't want a big, you know, chef curated meal. So what (laughs) I did was, this is a great tip that helped me. Before I would open the fridge, I would put a big tape there. Do not put effort on the lunchbox or be ready for the food to be thrown out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so proactive. I love it because I don't think a lot of people would realize like connect those dots. You know, what I mean, like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is mine. You know what I mean? Like I, I love that. And then just a little reminder. Oh my gosh. If you saw this part of my desk, I have a lot of sticky notes on the wall because those are my reminders. Right. Yeah. And I don't care how long you do this work. I've been studying this stuff since I was like 11, right? I just love self-help. You always need reminders. Like I, I remember one stage in this work as you do the inner work, you're like, why can't I just remember this? Like, why don't I just have it by now? You, it's never done. It's it's never done. It, it, we are a work in progress, a beautiful work in progress. And reminders are what we humans need because we get off on the next shiny tangent. So we need to remind ourselves, right, every single day.
2: That's so true. And this was so helpful. I was not so stressed about his lunches. I didn't care if the food was thrown out. And he actually had fun. We bonded over, you know, how his lunchtime was rather than me stressing about why he didn't eat or what do I make <laughs> for the next day. So this was a great, um, you know, lesson for me. And I share this with my clients too. I
1: love that. I love that. And you got some time back. You didn't have to put so much effort, right? Sometimes we put so much in effort in something that we value, but they don't care at all about it's not a value to them and then we want to shove that value down their throat so literally (laughs) (laughs) so i love that those are some great tips um all right everybody don't go anywhere stay tuned we'll be right back with sapna
3: Worker's Credit Union empowers members to achieve their dreams at any stage of life. With tailored products and services designed to enrich your financial wellness, Worker's Credit Union gives you the tools to succeed, like high interest checking, savings, and CD accounts. Free online and mobile banking help you budget and pay bills on the go. Financial coaching provides guidance when you need it. We encourage you to look for the good the worker's way. Visit us online at wcu.com or walk into your local branch. Hey, beautiful listeners. Are you tired of the fast-paced life and want an easy way to help
6: you find your calm? Then head over to the new Look for the Good Marketplace. It's chock full of hand-selected books, great classes, calming music, and special readings. All you need to help you move closer to a life you're tickled pink about. Just visit CarrieRowan.com and click on the Marketplace tab to find just the right item to soothe your soul today. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com.
5: Are you tired of feeling stressed and stuck? Did you know that the stories we repeatedly tell can be the very thing that makes us feel worse about our life? In her best-selling book, Tell a New Story, host and author Carrie Rowan shares the five simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. This is not your average self-help book. It's a joy to read and it's interactive with QR codes for meditations, original songs, and how-to videos at just the perfect point in the story, which makes transformation easy and at your fingertips. So if you're ready to go from humming a sad song about your situation to finding your voice and whistling a new upbeat tune as you skip along with joy as the new soundtrack of your life, then get yourself a copy of Carrie's highly acclaimed book today. Go to carrieroan.com/book to get your copy now. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.
4: Are you ready to consistently be in the flow of success, build an abundant business, easily find your right clients, and feel good inviting them into your community to do business with you? If your answer is yes, then you'll want to listen to Business Success with Human Design with Nancy O'Keefe on Syndicated Dream Vision Seven Radio Network every Thursday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Business Success with Human Design is a podcast designed to help you peel back the layers of who you have been taught to be and how you've been told to do business, moving you from overwhelm to a business model that aligns with your authentic self and feels right for you. Come and explore human design for business with Nancy. Did you know 73% of employees are considering leaving their jobs and almost half of Americans fear being laid off in the next year? That's a lot of fear and anxiety mulling around the office. In today's environment, employees need easy-to-use tools and strategies they can count on when the atmosphere is making them feel less than productive. To find out about proven ways to help your employees turn their stress into success, go to kerryrowan.com and sign up for a free wellness consultation for your company today.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Look for the Good. And we are here with Sapna, a parenting success coach, and she is giving us some incredible tips and tools that we can use right now to improve our relationships with not only ourself and our inner child, but with our children, our real children in front of us that we are steering in the right direction. And so I wanted to share, we were just talking a little bit about a story that I used to say to myself about parenting, and I talk about it in my book, Tell a New Story. And I didn't realize it because it felt really hard. My kids were 16 months apart, my two girls. So I had two in diapers, two in cribs. It was a lot. And it was really hard and isolating, right? So um, I didn't realize, you know, I was telling myself this little tiny story that was only making me feel worse. And so my one daughter, the one that liked to be picked up all the time, needed an hour-long bedtime routine, right? So I remember in the crib, you'd have to go through the whole thing. And then you might try to sneak out and she'd break into crying again. So my husband and I were like, okay, this is getting a little crazy. So you do the hour long routine. And I just remember one day it was, and then, so I had a toddler at the same time, right? And she needed to go in her crib and bed and all that. And I just remember going downstairs and just feeling so overwhelmed by everything, exhausted, right? Because we're new parents and just feeling, yeah, like I must be doing something wrong because this just feels like, I don't know, I just went downstairs went into the bathroom and just cried my eyes out, right? And it was in that moment that somehow it was like, you know, one of those little out-of-body experiences. I heard myself say the story that I had been saying and been saying, and it was a question. It was a question, and sometimes our stories are questions, and it was a question I asked myself. And then I would ask my husband this question, Why does it have to be so hard? And because the mind is always going to find an answer. Oh, well, it gave me lots of answers, but none of them were serving me. They were just justifying why it was so hard. Why did I think it was so hard? Why did it have to be so hard for me? And so when I caught myself in that story and I was like, Ooh, wow. And I wrote it down journaling the next morning because I used to journal a lot, which is where a lot of my songs and stuff came from. And I took a look at that and I was like, wow, I have to rework that. I got to ask myself a better question. How can this get easier? What else can I do here to make this a little bit easier? You know, and just kind of rework that in my brain. And I'm sure parents come to you all the time with stories like that. How do you help them through, you know, those things, those limiting beliefs that they're telling themselves?
2: Oh, first I ask them to look into the belief systems that they have bought into. There are many myths that we speak about, um, but your listeners can go to my website and download the free one because we don't have so much time. I'm going to give mm-hmm. the two myths that usually parents buy into is one that we need to be in control. The parent needs to be in control and we need to raise the parent. And then there's a myth about good and bad children. First thing, parenting, in conscious parenting, we teach parents to first raise themselves parenting is about raising our inner state of being to a higher level. Second, there are no good and bad children. They're just children showing you how they need to be loved. Because who do we call as good children? Somebody who is subservient, who listens to us, who is not stirring the pot too much. We call them a good child. And anybody who's trying to Push against our boundaries. We call makes us uncomfortable, brings us our stuff. We call them quote unquote bad children. So I asked parents to look into the myths they've bought into. There are many more myths and they can download that. They can go to my website and download the free to uh, knowing your teen, unlocking your teen toolkit. And that's where I, I jot down more stuff and you get to know more about it.
1: Mm, I love that. What's your website Sapna so they can go there?
2: Yeah, it's sapnarad.com.
1: Can you spell it for him?
2: S-A-P-N-A-R-A-D.com is my website.
1: Awesome. On radio, we like to spell things.
2: (laughs) They can also follow Uh me on social media, Instagram, and Facebook pages. That's Sapna Rad Coaching.
1: Wonderful. Sapna Rad Coaching.com. So go there, you guys. Get that free gift. I love that. The myth of parenting. It's so true what you said. When really kids are just their behaviors, really just they're trying to solve a problem. They just don't have the tools to solve it at this point in time.
2: That's so true, and we need to look into those myths and the stuff that we have bought into. Once we clear that up, we can see our children clearly without those filters, without the baggage, without the expectations that we constantly keep dumping on them. Yeah, so them for yourself and your child, and I'm sure Carrie, you talk to your clients and every time a client goes back to their past. Oh, this happened. This is why this is happening. Every person's story that's not working is in the past. And I, it, this is not about going in the past and lingering and talking about that. No, it's not about that. It is about realizing it, healing that part. So now you can heal your child and everything you see in the world that is destructive leads I mean, or it stems from that parent's child relationship. So healing yourself and your child is healing the world, and it starts from one child and one parent.
1: Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. That is really beautiful, and it is. It's so true. When you can, you can own what's yours, what piece of it is yours, instead of just projecting it on our kids or reflecting or deflecting or anything that you might do. That's a natural response, right? Because it feels like conflict, but really, it's not. When you when you have learned how to parent yourself you are such a better parent because you are making conscious choices and you're raising the vibration of the whole entire relationship right
2: and now it's just not about you and your child now like you bring that energy into every relationship your spouse your neighbors your boss everybody you're not you know shouting at somebody who is taking over you in in the traffic you're just your best part is available for everybody. And children give you the invitation to take on this quest. And if you take this invitation, oh my God, it's going to change every aspect of your life and every relationship around you.
1: I love that. Children give you the invitation because I often say our children are our greatest teachers, right? They- <laughs> yeah, <I do. laughs> it's an ongoing invitation and they're keep giving you a new one. They keep up in it. <laughs> they keep up in the ante. And, you know, it's funny because my sisters and I were all pregnant at the same time. And we would laugh and say, like, we why do we think that was hard when they were little? Like, as the kids get bigger, the problems just get bigger, right? And so (laughs) if you do the work on yourself when they're younger, you can just glide through. You can bring, you've got all that stuff established. And you can handle anything that comes your way because they do keep up in the ante. That invitation keeps getting bigger and bigger. (laughs) Yeah,
2: But now they have all the tools and you have models how to handle those problems you're modeled they have the tools they are ready to handle it now you don't even have to worry about them or try to fix problem for them because you have shown it all and it just takes for seven years and this is not to say people who have crossed the mark that they don't have the time it's always you can go back if you uh, have a child or if you have been a child you can do this work
1: yeah, I love that. If you've been a child, right? And so, and, and I also love your taking the lens back, you know, opening up to the bigger picture of the world because as each one of us take responsibility to heal, heal ourselves and heal the stories inside of us that no longer serve us, we're healing our children because they can feel that kids are like big magnetic fields for energy, right? They're always sucking and everything can feel that they're so intuitive and we're raising the consciousness of the planet. By raising our own consciousness and teaching that, like you said, modeling for our kids.
2: Oh, that's so true and it starts with us, one parent.
1: One parent at a time. And that's why I love the work. Don't you love the work that Sapna's doing, everybody? So let's go to her website at sapnarad.com, correct? And social media is sapnarad. I love that. Um Coaching. So find her there, follow her. She's got great stuff. You're going to get great content from her. Make sure you go and get that freebie. All those myths. Don't you want to know which ones you tie into and which ones you don't? So go through that list. And if you need some more information, get her book on Amazon. Can they get your book on Amazon? Anywhere else? you
2: can get my book on Amazon. It's selling
1: Yelling to Zenning. Don't you love that? Yelling to Zenning, because we all need a little bit more Zenning in this world these days. So find your book on Amazon. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. I love, like I said a million times, I love what you do. And I just love the concept of conscious parenting.
2: Thank you so much for having
1: me. You're welcome. And thanks, everybody, for listening in to this week on Look for the Good. And as always, remember, it's never too late to live your best story. Be well.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan, best selling author and mindset coach. Join us every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. right here at Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. If you weren't able to catch an episode, no worries. Just visit our website to find all the archived episodes of Look for the Good on Demand so you don't miss a thing. And remember, it's never too late to live your best story. For additional resources or to find out about how you can work with Carrie directly, visit CarrieRowan.com for more details.
6: This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.